Good morning, my friends. Welcome to this episode of Healing Your Codependency. I'm Marshall Bircher, and I'm your guide in freeing yourself from codependency so you can develop the relationships you want in your life, the purpose, the fulfillment. Go on and enjoy your life being you. So that's the big goal there. So today we're going to be talking about this impulse, this habit we have as codependence and seeking someone to choose us. We're trying to get people to choose us or a specific person to choose us. Why we do this, what to do about it, and how to go about this differently. So that's what we're going to be exploring in our episode today. Before we get to that, it's time to share this out to the community here on Facebook real quick. If you're looking for additional tools, guidance, and support in your journey in healing codependency, come join us. The link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube, and on my front on my webpage at healyourcodependency.com if you're listening via podcast. In the community, you'll get additional guidance from me, tools, practices, and support, um, along with meeting others who are on the same journey as you. Plus, you get opportunities to enroll in my memberships and my courses to get deeper work on freeing yourself from codependency. So, again, that link is above on Facebook, below on YouTube. And now it's time to share this out if I can find the thingy. Let me know how you guys are doing below in the comments. And if you're listening or watching via YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that bell, and hit that share. So I hit the, hit the like button. Let me know what you guys think about it. All right. This habit of really trying to get people to like us. Anybody relate to that? Because I, I do. <laughs> uh, for, for most of my life, I was like, I've got to get people to like me, to see me, to get, pay attention to me. Um, or I'm not going to have the relationships I want. I'm going to be alone all my life. I'm going to be isolated. I won't have friends. Um, I won't be able to go out and, and do things with people that I enjoy. That's a really terrifying thing. Something that really, I mean, even in my gut right now, it's just like, well, yeah, that, that is just terrifying. And that that's a natural reaction to the idea of being socially isolated. We are social creatures. We are an interdependent species. We we intrinsically we need each other, and with healthy bonds founded in um, individuality, respect, consent, and ultimately the privilege of having a relationship with each other, we're able to grow and succeed together. But when we when we grow up in an environment where our worth is transactional, our worth is dependent on the approval or rejection of other people. When our state of inclusion, being included in the group, being included in the family or the culture, is dependent on our obedience, it's dependent on uh, characteristics we don't have control over, like our gender or our body build. I mean, I was excluded from um, boy and men group because I didn't have the right body or I didn't like the right things. It was very interesting how um, there's these cliques that we develop or that are developed socially that exclude and include people based on attributes they have no control over. Um, if we are taught to believe that our usefulness is dependent on our productivity and what we can do, we're going to find the out group, we're going to find the in group in that. So when we're not raised in an environment that is interested in the nurture, understanding, and reception of a human being, but instead is interested in what the person can contribute and do for the group, we learn exclusion. 
We're not included because we're not good at the sport thing or we are not good at the activity or we don't look a certain way or we don't act a certain way or, you know, on and on and on. And if this is prominent, especially first and foremost in our family unit, then when we venture out into the world, everything is very scary because we have no safe haven. We have no shelter to guide and protect us. Instead, family, the home is unsafe, and then the rest of the world is unsafe. And to cope with this and to navigate this, we learn how to people please. We learn um, the false idea of a perfect self or a perfect way of being that would garner or earn this love or attention that we're seeking. We become overachievers or we collapse and we stop contributing altogether and do the bare minimum because it doesn't seem to matter. So let me know in the comments below if this has been your experience because what you relate to in those things. Because for me, as a people pleaser, as a perfectionist, as an overachiever, and sometimes I would just give up. Like I'm never going to be wanted. I'm never going to be liked. I'm never going to be included. So why try? And then I would socially isolate. I would withdraw, which would then amplify the internal sense of loneliness and isolation I felt, which would then push me to act even larger in those other areas of perfectionism, people-pleasing, and overachieving to try to get some more attention. And then I'd be jealous, I'd be resentful, I'd be angry when other people started getting those things, but I didn't. I would cling real tightly and real anxiously to connection and, and attention that I did get. And then sometimes I would just be like, well, I'm getting what I'm getting. It's not great. It doesn't really fulfill me, but it's better than nothing. So this, this seeking to be chosen, this seeking to be long, to be wanted, to be desired, a very, very powerful natural impulse that leads us into basically cycles that reinforce our internal conclusion that there's something wrong with us. There's something that we're lacking. And if that were different, we wouldn't be having these experiences. So we have to compensate for it. We have to make up for it in some way, and then hopefully someone will choose us. Someone will love us. Someone will want us. It's a very powerful, potent experience we have going on there. So Melanie shares, growing up, I would imitate things others did or said uh, where they received love or approval, but when I would do it, it would receive criticism or judgment. It was confusing. Oh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. It works for them, but it doesn't work for me. What, what, why? Why is it different? See, we are trying to survive because we instinctively need connection. We need belonging, not just for survival, but for play, for creativity, for platonic uh, intimacy and for you know, sexual and emotional intimacy and things like that. It is part of our nature to be connected and part of a group. So what's going on here is our, it's our need is trying to get itself met in a way that is basically ineffective and self-reinforcing of the original internalized meaning or conclusion we have about ourselves that there's something wrong. How do we get out of this? Eh, this is the work, my friends. It starts with first caring for the pain that we've experienced in the rejections that have happened. 
it starts with going acknowledging it. I have been rejected and it is hurt. I've been rejected by people who I thought should love and care about me, like family unit elements, like parents and things. I was conditioned to hate myself because I didn't conform or align with the expectations of the group or the community. So I start acknowledging these things and we start caring for the pain there rather than um, avoiding the pain or attaching meaning to the pain. We become able to start teasing ourselves or differentiating ourselves from the meaning we have created because of that pain. So what happens? So when we get rejected over and over and over, we ask the question, why is this happening? And then we find an answer to that. And that's because I'm not this or I'm that or I'm this or I'm not that over there. And this becomes what's called a conclusion. And this conclusion is a meaning. Like this happens to me because I am. That attaches our identity and our worth to a condition. This condition is then what drives us in our 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 hunger for being approved of or being loved or being chosen because if we can get someone to love and choose us, then maybe the meaning can be wrong and I can let it go. But we're trying to disprove the meaning that we're fighting against it, which paradoxically reinforces it. So by acknowledging the pain we've experienced, we begin to dissolve the meaning and its power. It's more like rather than this happened to me because I'm a bad, unworthy, or ugly, undesirable person, this happened to me because people rejected me. It hurt. Happened to me because sometimes people are just mean. Maybe it's not about me. Maybe it's something outside myself. And there's nothing here to fix, but there's things to hear things here to care for, to know, to love, to discover. What this starts doing is it starts differentiating our worth from them, from their behavior. Our worth starts to become what I call autonomized or independent from other people's actions or lack of actions. This allows us to slow down the impulse of chasing or seeking acceptance and love and approval and all that. And it starts orienting us towards ourself. When we can be oriented towards ourselves, we start to know ourselves. I call this liberation. Liberation is where my worth becomes independent of these meanings and conclusions I've made about myself. And then I can start to know who I am. And when I start to know who I am, I'm, I'm doing a thing called embodiment. Embodiment is, oh, this is how I see things. This is how I feel about things. Here's how I want to respond to the thing. This changes the way we behave, the way we act. It changes the energy we carry. It changes the people, places, and things we put our attention into. And by that nature, we start to attract different kinds of people, different kinds of opportunities, different kinds of experiences. And in that, you're going to have basically two types, things that are compatible and things that are not. People that are compatible and that are not, and opportunities that are compatible and that are not. And by being oriented to your worth, oriented to yourself, you're going to be able to discern uh, what is compatible and not based on how they fit you. So now we're not trying to get the attention. Hey, pick me, pick me. I'm alive. I'm real. It's more like, oh, you see me. You're coming to me because you want connection or you want something, some sort of experience with me. Hmm. Do you align with what I value? 
Do I want you in my world? Does this add to my well-being and happiness? We become the choosers. And then in healthy dynamics, two people or more choose each other. It's like, I like you. Oh, I like you too. We choose. And we see what that choice and that, that bonding and this mutual experience we start to create results in. And we know whether or not we've got compatibility. We know whether or not we want to go forward with it. But it is being anchored to our source of true worth. I call it indomitable worth or innate value that gives us this ability to attract the right kind of people, the compatible kind of opportunities and experiences for ourselves, rather than us going out and trying to, to earn it and demonstrate it. This brings in a lot of safety, a lot of peace, and a lot of orientation towards ourselves that empowers our life and expands us in our own well-being and happiness. Now, this isn't an event-based thing. It's not like, oh, okay, well, I can just get that done and move on with my life. This is actually a lifestyle because, you know, we've put our value out there. We've tied up our value in other people's feelings and thoughts and perspectives. We've tied our value up in our own persona and our own limitations and our own successes and failures. We've tied them up in things and in places. We've got to constantly detangle or differentiate our worth from this. So it's a lifestyle of, of basically determining where's my value. And if it's not oriented in me, if it's not free of conditions or rules or, or you know, attachments of some sort, then I need to detach it from those things and bring it home and get to know myself more in that area. It's really the core work of healing codependency is healing or changing how we orient towards our worth and then who we are from that orientation. This ends the chasing game and it moves us into the choosing game where we are empowered to choose in the opportunities and options that show up that are healthy for us and then move on from those things that do not work for us. That's how we get through this. So I'm going to give you a little tool to start that off with. And that is a what shifts question for you. And that question is, what shifts if you trust just a bit that you no longer have to earn or prove your worth? I just have to breathe into that. Orient to however that feels for you, whether you feel it in your body or just in your awareness. And notice what's there. Allow it to take up a little more space. Because now you're starting to get an experience. What else is possible for you? When you let go of earning, proving, or trying to, to get someone to choose you. Instead, hey, if I'm already chosen by me, now I have the power to start choosing who shows up in my world and who doesn't. That's the magic. That's the power. Being oriented toward to ourselves and to our worth so let me know in the comments below your thoughts on today's episode go play with that question let's see what you discover as a heads up we've got five days before the uh, the uh, eight factors that heal codependency workshop starts so come join us excited to teach you about those eight factors it's your roadmap for your healing so you can use it with my work. You can use it in your therapy. So it gives you that foundation, that structure you need in order to experience profound and lasting freedom from codependency. So 
Come join us again Wednesday. The link is above on Facebook or on YouTube. If you're listening via podcast, it's on my website at healyourcodependency.com. And if you are watching again via YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Thank you, my friends, for showing up. Let me know again your thoughts in the comments below, and I'll see you in our next episode.